must have been needed to be said. I want to talk this morning about the anointing. The anointing. There is an anointing that has been given by God at various settings in the Bible. And the anointing is still available for believers today. And it's more than just a symbol, but it's a, it's a very real impartation from the very throne of God. By definition, the anointing means to bless somebody with oil, to rub an ointment or on a part of somebody's body, usually the head or feet as a part of a religious ceremony. It also means to ordain somebody or to install some, someone um, and to install somebody officially into or ceremonially into a position or office. It also means consecration, which consecration means the act or ceremony of separating for a common to a sacred use. From a common to a sacred use or of devoting and dedicating a person or thing to the service and worship of God by certain rites or solemnities. Consecration, I want you to look at this next part. Consecration does not make a person or thing really holy, but declares it to be sacred, that is, devoted to God or to divine service. That's powerful. Consecration means that because you are born again, you have been consecrated and set apart for holy use by the Lord your God. But the act of receiving salvation, knowing that you have been set aside and set apart for His use, that fact does not keep you holy. The consecration has identified you as set apart and He makes us holy through His righteousness, but He keeps us holy by our willingness to be holy. We have to walk in holiness. Many times I've wondered through the years, you know, why may the Lord use someone in a particular gift or ministry or in the setting of a church service? Why would someone use a particular person? Maybe it seems more than others. Why is that? And... I really feel like what the Lord kind of spoke to me and revealed to me was that it is because that person is in the position and is willing to be used and basically they're tuned to that channel. How can you know that? Well, there's a, there's a part in the Bible that says that your spirit will bear witness with other spirits. Through the spirit of God, you understand. And... Uh, I got my hair cut yesterday, and uh, the lady, I said, are you ready for Easter? And she says, she says, yeah, I'm ready for Resurrection Day. And she was cutting my hair. She says, are you in the ministry? And I said, yes. She said, are you, are you a, 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 a pastor? And I said, yes, I am. And she said, I just knew it. I just sensed the presence of the Lord. And I'm thinking, praise the Lord. You know, I mean, I, I, I was just there to get my hair cut. Uh, <laughs> But we talked about the Lord and talked about scriptures, and I kind of preached her a little sermon there while we were, while she was working on me. But anyway, uh, she she asked me what I was preaching on today, and I said, "Well, this is what I plan to preach on." 
And uh, I got off into the difference between a plan and an agenda. And I'll tell it to you. A plan is that this is what I have in mind to do. An agenda is this is what I'm going to do. Agenda says, I'm going to do this regardless. Plan says, this is what I have in mind to do. But it's always subject to change. Depending on what the Lord may decide differently in the service. But as people are tuned in to the power of the Lord and to the relationship with Jesus Christ, they are used in great ways and they have the ability to be used in great ways if they're just willing to be used. But we have to walk in that holiness. But the two things, there's two things that the anointing really represents. The anointing represents holiness or separation unto God. It also represents the divine favor of the Lord for a special purpose. Holiness or separation unto God and a divine favor for the Lord for, of the Lord for a special purpose. Anointing. I want to read a few verses and there, there's many, many more. You do a search on the anointing, just the word anoint or anointed, and you will spend weeks reading all those verses. But I picked out a few. Exodus chapter 30, verse number 22. It says, Then Moses said to, Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the following spices, 500 shekels, which is about 12 and a half pounds of liquid myrrh, half as much, that is 250 shekels of fragrant cinnamon, 250 shekels of fragrant calamus, 500 shekels of cassia, all according to the sanctuary shekel on a hen, which is about four quarts of olive oil. Make these into a sacred anointing oil, a fragrant blend, the work of a perfumer. It will be the sacred anointing oil. Then use it to anoint the tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant law, the table, all its articles, the lampstand, and its accessories, the altar of incense, the burnt offering, and all its utensils, and the basin with its stand. You shall consecrate them so that they will be most holy, and whatever touches them will be holy. I want you to recognize that this was a special formula. A special formula that God gave to Moses and said, this is what you're to do. You're to anoint all of these things. You basically could not set foot into that place without seeing something that had been anointed by this special anointing oil that God had the recipe for. In other words, all of these things are for are special for the worship of the Lord. They are set apart for His service. The Lord can only be touched by holiness. Those things had to be anointed. They had to have the anointing that God prescribed in order for him to be able to even enter into that place because he demands holiness. Continuing on, verse number 30. He, he goes on. So after all the furniture, all the fixtures have been anointed, then he goes on to anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them so that they may serve me as priests. 
Say to the Israelites, this is to be my sacred anointing oil for the generations to come. Do not pour it on anyone else's body and do not make any other oil using the same formula. It is sacred and you are to consider it sacred. Whoever makes perfume like it and puts it on anyone else other than a priest must be cut off from their people. Do you get the idea that God said, this anointing is special, it's for a special purpose, and it's not to be used for anything else. If, it, if you use it for anything else, you're out of here. That's it. Aaron and his sons were set apart for the worship of the Lord for His purpose. The special anointing oil that the Lord required to be made was only to be used for His purpose, for His glory, and for no other purpose. God was letting His people know that this anointing is not a common anointing and it's not to be used in a common way. There are counterfeit anointings, if you will, that are out there through the land. People that are saying, thus saith the Lord, and God had nothing to do with it. They're trying to hype people up and trying to say, well, look at everything that God is doing when God is not a part of anything that they're doing simply because they have tried in their own way. They have an agenda and not a plan. They're trying to say, we're going to do things this way. How do I know what's real and what's not? When you get into the Word of God, and you know what the Word of God says. You get into the flow of the presence of the Lord. Then you know when something is and something isn't of God. You can recognize it. I've prayed with people uh, of all different kinds. And I tell you what, I love to get in tune with a prayer warrior. When I'm praying for a prayer warrior, I can tell. Because, you know, you, you may start with somebody and, and, and it's just... Now, I know we can't walk on feelings and we shouldn't judge on feelings, but I'm so glad that the presence of the Lord is something that I can feel, is something that I can sense. The anointing of the Lord, when the anointing comes down, a preacher will preach better, a singer will sing better, and, and all of those things. And our goal is to get into the anointing, but past the anointing into the glory of the Lord. Because when the glory comes down, it was like we were feeling a while ago. I, I felt like saying something, but I just couldn't say anything because I felt the presence of the Lord so strongly. And that's okay. But I prayed with people. And sometimes they're so deeply troubled. And they're not very spiritual. I may know that there are some Christians that aren't very spiritual. What do you mean? They never pray. They never read their Bibles. But they say, I love Jesus and I'm going to heaven and I go to church. They're not very spiritual. They open their Bible or they read the Bible when they come to church. And they give little thought to spiritual things when they're not at church. Pastor, are there people like that going to heaven? Absolutely. Absolutely there are. There, we're all at different stages in our walk with the Lord. Every one of us. And there are people who are in an infant stage. And unfortunately, there are people who stay in an infant stage for many, many years. There are people that never spiritually grow. We are designed to grow spiritually, just like, spiritual, just like physical growth. My granddaughter Journey back there, she's 16 months old and uh, she's growing. We were talking last night about, oh, how, how it was when she was a little baby and she wasn't hardly any trouble. And now she's up getting into everything. And, uh, uh, you know, but she's in that stage. She's growing. She's starting to be more verbal and de developing more and more of a vocabulary. 
And, and so she's growing, and that's good. But in a spiritual sense, we should be growing as well. You didn't think I was going to get back around to the story where I left you about praying with people who are prayer warriors, but here, here it is. Um, so I pray with people who aren't very spiritual, and it just seems like pushing through to a breakthrough for them sometimes seems like it's, it's difficult, and getting them to the place where they, can, where, where they can just experience a release in the Lord because they've been so weighted down with those things. And we can all be that way. But I'm talking specifically about people who may not have a very deep spiritual walk with the Lord. But then when I pray with a prayer warrior, it's like they know they have a need and they trust the Lord and they're a prayer warrior and I start praying with them and it's almost like instantaneously, man, the presence of the Lord just comes down and it's like, whoa, whoa. You know, and, and it, it didn't take any time at all. It's because of the willingness of that vessel and the closeness of the Lord in their walk. How many know that if I go next door and don't take off this microphone and I say, Hey, you guys aren't going to be able to hear me. Now, if you're really quiet and I yell really loudly, you could. But if I come into this room and I do the same thing, you're going to hear me. Why? Because of my proximity to where you are. The closer you are to the Lord, the more often you hear His voice and the more often His closeness and His presence will be real to you. Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17, Then Jesus came from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now, for it is proper for us to do this and fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You see, God the Father showed the ultimate anointing to the crowd that day, letting everyone know that his son, a carpenter named Jesus, was under the anointing and the Holy Spirit of the Holy Spirit from heaven. He had been sent as a holy representation of God and he was dedicated and separated unto the Heavenly Father's service. That special purpose was evident when Jesus was hung on the tree and became the sacrifice for all of mankind so that we could be free and not have to pay sin's penalty and we could have eternal life. No longer would a priest be anointed or consecrated and set apart so that we could have access to God. But Jesus would be that link between man and our Heavenly Father. Yes. The Son of God Himself would be the high priest and mediator between God and man through the Holy Spirit anointing. It's the Holy Spirit that is the active agent. He is the third person of the Trinity that reaches into the hearts of people and deals with them, draws them to conviction, leads them and guides them. Acts 10, 37 and 38. You know what has happened throughout the provinces of Judah, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how, that, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how He went around doing good and healing some. 
No. Who, he healed all who were under the power of the devil. Everybody say all. All. He healed all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. God wasn't far away. God was with him. What did the Father God anoint Jesus to do? What did He anoint Him with? The Holy Spirit and power. While Jesus was doing good and healing, He was displacing the works of the devil through the Holy Spirit's anointing from God the Father. The same Holy Spirit that... Uh, anointed and, and empowered Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that is available to every believer yet today. John 14, 15 through 17. Jesus says this, If you love me, keep my commands. Keep that in mind. If you love Jesus, you're going to do what His Word says. And I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him or know, nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. Talking about the Holy Spirit. He goes on in verse 23 to say, He said, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves Me will obey My teaching. There it is again. If you love Me, you will obey My teaching. You will do what I say. My Father will love them, and He will come to them and, and make our home with them. Anyone who do not, do not, does not love Me will not obey My teaching. These words, you hear are not my own they belong to the father who sent me all of this I have spoken while still with you but the advocate the Holy Spirit whom the father will send in my name here he, here here it is will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you if you have trouble remembering what you read in the Bible you can't recall it if you've never read it but the the Holy Spirit will remind you of what you have read will remind you will recall will bring those things to your memory he will reinforce what Jesus says the Holy Spirit the anointing of God will always always agree with the word of God it will never be in left field somewhere and he will always point to Jesus Christ because that's his mission Amen. Acts chapter 1 verse number 1 on one occasion while he was eating excuse me I think it was uh, I, I didn't put the right verse down there uh, Ryan it's verses 4 and 5 uh, go to verse 4 on one occasion while he was eating with them he gave them this command do not leave Jerusalem. Verse number four. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with or in water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus told believers to receive the Holy Spirit after waiting on the gift. And He, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, showed up in great power in the upper room. In Acts chapter 2, it said, Suddenly there became a sound like the violent rushing wind. You can read it in your Bible. I'm not going to take time to go into that story. It's a whole different message right there. But I want you to understand that that anointing, that baptism, that Holy Spirit is still the gateway to the anointing of God. And that anointing fell upon Peter that day as he preached because people were wondering, what is this that is happening? What is that outflow? What is all of these things that we see before us? And Peter, now empowered by the Holy Spirit, preached the message about Jesus Christ. And there were several thousand that were added to the church that day. And, and, but before that, people were convicted of their sins 
And they wondered because the Holy Spirit anointing anointed Peter went forth in the anointed Word of God into people's hearts. And in verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart because the Holy Spirit gets to the heart of the matter. The Holy Spirit goes to the heart and says, and, 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 and they said, Brothers, what shall we do? Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Number one, repent and be baptized, every one of you. That means turn away from your sins. Repent. Go the other, go the direction toward God. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. That's the first prerequisite. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing that Jesus said. Do what I say in my word. Follow what I say. Repent. Do what the word of God says. Be baptized. You will receive the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off. For all whom the Lord our God shall call or will call. That lets me know that this was not just a Acts 2 version. This is something that continues on to this day. He said, for all whom the Lord our God shall call. And if you are called by the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit as you allow Him access into your life. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit more now than ever before, church. We're living in the last hours and the last days. I believe that the clock is about to strike midnight and that this chapter of the church age is about to come to a close. And I truly believe that it won't be long until Jesus comes again. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Dear children, this is the last hour and you have... As, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many, many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they really did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they, were, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. He's talking about people that were in the church and would go out and preach a gospel that was false and not true, drawing people to that, and that is so evident today. People who used to be in the church, who used to be on fire for God, are now out there preaching a watered-down doctrine, which is no message at all. But you have an anointing. The King James says an unction, which means an earnestness and a fervor from the Holy One. You have an anointing from the Holy One. And you all know and, and all of you know the truth. How many know the truth of Jesus Christ? You know that truth? You have the anointing of God. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie comes from the truth. How many know that the truth and lie are not congruent? They're as far as the east is from the west. Who is a liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. For as for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does... You will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what He promised us, eternal life. It's reinforcement of what Jesus already told us. I am writing you these things to you, those to, to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from Him remains in you. People are trying to lead you astray, church. 
But the anointing that you receive from the Lord remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. What he's saying is that you have to be careful because there are other people who want to interpret what the Word of God says for you. There are other people who want to tell you what walking in Christ is. And they believe this way, that, that God, wouldn't, God wouldn't send anybody to hell. And it's okay. I've just added this one belief that I have. And that's okay. God doesn't make exceptions for sin. It doesn't matter what the sin is. You can say, well, I'm just going to continue in my own little way and I'm going to accept most everything else. No, there's no exception. You know the anointing you receive from Him remains in you. You do not need anyone to teach you about it. But as His anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in Him. Stay close to Jesus, church. That's what this scripture is telling us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. Now it is God who makes us both, and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us set His seal of ownership on us and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Church, there is so much more. The best is yet to come and the Holy Spirit is only a foretaste of what He has prepared for us. The anointing is real. God wants to keep pouring out that Holy Spirit anointing upon us. We need to continually receive His anointing because we have trusted in Jesus Christ. We are holy and set apart for His special purpose. We have His divine favor and are called for His special purpose because of the anointing of God. I've talked about the special purpose, but what is the special purpose for which He has anointed us? I'm glad you asked. Here it is, Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's His special purpose. That's what He told the disciples you will be my witnesses unto the uttermost parts of the earth. That's what the purpose of the Holy Spirit and the anointing is, so that we can be powerful and effective witnesses. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3, 8, 9 says, The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. And they will each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are in God's field God's building. We are co-laborers together in this field of harvest. And the field is white unto harvest. I saw a news story yesterday and they were reflecting upon a young man who had served in our military and because of COVID and his isolation from his family and friends because of his loneliness took his own life may I tell you that isolation I think is one of the number one tools that the enemy of your soul will try to use mm -hmm. to make you think that there is no hope that there is no purpose that there is no reason if, if the enemy of your soul can get you isolated away from everything that is godly and everything that is good, then you have your own mind and your thoughts and those thoughts that he will be all too happy to plant 
And he does those hoping that they will grow and they will germinate. But I want to remind you that as a child of God, you have a special purpose. And it's not to look inward, but it's to look upward. And as we look upward to Jesus Christ, you look to him first. You surround yourself with godly people in your personal life and in your worship. In coming together in the house of the Lord, in your prayer life. You stay close to the Lord. You stay close to godly people. Then you recognize, because the Holy Spirit teaches, you recognize the counterfeit that comes, the thoughts that come, and you say, I will not listen to you, devil, because my life has meaning, my, my life has value, my life has worth, and it's not about me, it's about him. The Holy Spirit anointing in your life represents holiness or separation unto God. Not separation from everything else, but holiness is separation unto God for His one purpose. And as you allow the Holy Spirit access into your heart and your spirit, and you will see the divine favor of the Lord fulfill his plan and his calling for your life. How many know that you have a plan for your life that is designed by God? That's right. He knows exactly what he wants you to do. And just discovering that plan is a journey. Discovering that plan is so powerful, but you get there by Staying close to Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit anointing. The Holy Spirit anointing has provided, has been provided to you so that you can be set apart for his service to reach as many people as you still can. While you have breath in your lungs. Jesus is coming soon, church, and I want you to be reminded to let the Holy Spirit use you. Let him flow into you. Let the anointing from heaven just fall upon you. Let that anointing empower you to get outside of your situation. Turn that over to him, but then start to branch out and reach others for the cause of Christ because that's really what matters. How many people can we reach? And we reach them. It starts through the anointing of the Holy Spirit and his leading and guidance wherever we need to go, and he wants us to go. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you because you are the meaning in our life. I thank you because you are the victory in our life. I thank you because you are the power in our life. I praise you, Lord, that you have called me with a specific purpose to reach the lost. And Lord, sometimes things can seem so unclear and out of focus. And sometimes my perspective may not be what I envisioned that it should be. Help me to get my eyes off of me and get my eyes on you under your anointing. I thank you for it as you've called me to greater things than I have ever seen. In the name of Jesus. Amen.